0: The full occasion to give thanks to God for a beautiful baby boy and yet and yet <laughs> at the risk of putting a damper on things you kind of have to ask sometimes what the world's coming to don't you i was talking to um, some other young parents just a few weeks ago and uh, they'd just had a baby boy also and uh, they were saying they were worried about the world in which their child was growing up. And they were worried that they'd done the wrong thing by bringing a new life into this world at such a time. Facing so much uncertainty and so much that could give us cause for anxiety for the future. Is it the right thing to be doing to bring a child into the world? in 2019, because you've got to look and you see global warming, climate emergency, political instability in this country and internationally, economic doom, terrorism, the list so easily goes on and on and on and on, doesn't it? You you only have to look at the news and I've not, not yet mentioned the ashes. What kind of a world is this into which to bring a child today? And what's happening with our world? And is there anything that could give us hope and give us security in this world? Well, I want to be positive this morning. And I want us to be hopeful and faithful as we look to the future. And without wanting to play down the dangers that we're facing as a world today, I want to suggest to you that maybe, maybe it's not such a new thing. Maybe it's not such a new thing that people have looked at the world and thought, what is the world coming to? I remember my grandma saying that 30 years ago. What's the world coming to? It was a regular refrain. Whether she was talking about politics of the world, or whether she was talking about the family, or whether she was talking about the woman who lived next door, it was always, what the world, what's the world coming to? You? I don't know, do you know Paul, Peter, Tony, whatever you, because she could never remember me name. Too many grandchildren. Too many grandchildren. But those were the days when we were worried with um, a, a Soviet Union, Uh, and and an American president putting American missiles into what was then West Germany to threaten the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union putting missiles back the other way, they were the days when we were afraid that tomorrow the world could just go up in a big fireball. We were worried back in the 1970s when I was at school doing geography, uh, we'd heard about the greenhouse effect, but the big worry in the 1970s was that we were overdue an ice age. And that we would all freeze to death. Uh, we've always, I want to suggest to you, lived in an unsure, uncertain world. It might be more uncertain now, but I'm not sure. It's certainly not new. These verses from Hebrews. We're written as a sign in the first century, probably towards the end of the first century, uh, when uh, times were incredibly uncertain, a time of enormous change. The letter to the Hebrews, as you can perhaps imagine from the title of the letter, was written probably to a Jewish community of followers of Jesus Christ, early Christians who were from a Jewish heritage. And that being the case, they would have been well aware that in AD 70, the Romans had devastated Their home country besieged Jerusalem and leveled the temple, the dwelling place of God for the Jewish people. They'd leveled the temple to the ground. And this was more than an earthquake for them, this was an unthinkable event and it precipitated this sense of uncertainty. And now these people who had been Jewish and were now followers of Jesus Christ were facing being a small and alienated group on the margins of society, persecuted. If you read elsewhere in the letter to the Hebrews, it's very clear that many of them had faced confiscation of their property. They'd been driven from their homes and from the communities in which they lived because of their faith in Jesus Christ. These were tumultuous times for this early Christian community. And probably for them also, the question was, what's happening in our world? And what is God doing in our world? And the writer here in this letter to the Hebrews says that God is shaking not only the earth, but also the heavens. And he says the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What he's saying is that God is shaking everything so that the things that are temporary in this world might be seen for what they really are, and that is temporary things, and only permanent things will remain. So much of our lives, I'm sorry to tell you this, because you might not have realised it, but so much of our lives are very fragile, and very temporary, and very uncertain. In the last 24 hours, uh, my wife and I, between us, have had two calls of people who have died suddenly. Suddenly. One, a guy in his mid-forties, taken to Cramlington Friday night and dead within an hour. A friend who phoned this morning uh, to say that his father, who'd been ill for a, a few months, but was expected to live another few months, has died in his sleep overnight. For that, that's a we defense, because actually it's a mercy. But we live in uncertain times. And so much on which we set our store is actually very fragile. And this writer, in this letter to the Hebrews, wants us to be aware of that. And not to risk everything on things which are so fragile. The earthquake metaphor that he uses is a very telling one. Uh, I went to San Francisco, and it would be about 15 years ago uh, now, and uh, arrived in San Francisco on a day when there'd been an earth tremor in the afternoon. It hadn't been a major one, but it had uh, derailed a trolleybus, uh, one of the famous trolleybuses that they have in San Francisco. And uh, the the, the advice in the hotel, uh, you know, everywhere you stay in a hotel, they have what to do in case of a fire. But in that part of the world, they have also what to do in case of, of, of an earthquake. And the advice was, hide under a table. If the earth shakes, hide under a table. Now, when you're on the 18th floor of a hotel... You do wonder whether that's that's a really safe place. But to live with that uncertainty, there's any time everything could be shaken and the things which are fragile, which seem to us to be so solid, could actually just be be gone. It's very sobering, but it's also very important. We live in a changing world and we have always done so. Earth's proud empires pass away, we sing in that old hymn, don't we, sometimes. And uh, the Roman Empire that these first readers of this letter would have known uh, seemed as though it was going to be there forever, no doubt. But it wasn't. We've seen our own British Empire uh, uh, wax and wane over the years, in the fullness of time,
1: uh, the American
0: Empire. Chinese Empire will last a while, but who knows how long that will be. It will not last forever. Our political systems, our economic systems, they come and they go. Who would have thought in the 1980s that the Soviet Union was going to collapse the way that it did? Who would have thought that apartheid would end the way that it did in South Africa? Times of great change. Constantly around us. So our political systems, our economic systems will not endure forever. I've got a friend who's uh, the same age as me. I not tell you how old that is, but um, uh, he is thinking about his retirement. And he's trying to time his retirement now uh, so that it's best for his pension, which is understandable, isn't it, really? But his pension is going up and down and up and down and up and down. Nothing to do with Brexit. It's all to do with the Chinese economy, of course you follow the markets, you know that that's the big thing that's causing the massive fluctuations at the moment and the relations between China and America. It is uncertain. And yet, so many of us put our store, literally, in what we store in our pensions, and in our homes, and in all the things that will one day pass. Our religious systems, also. Our to the extent that they are man-made creations, come and go. Who knows what the future of any denomination will be? Who knows what the future of your religion, your form of spirituality might be? To the extent that it is of God, it will endure forever, because God endures forever. But so much of the trappings that go around it are being shaken and are falling away. And we can let them go, frankly. If they're not of God. If they're not of God. Our political, our religious, our economic uh, uh, systems, material things, our own mortal flesh and blood, None of them endure forever. All are shaken and shakeable. And if they shake and they fall, it's because they are not of God. They might be good things in themselves, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not right to have a pension. I'm not saying it's not right to enjoy the material things of life. These are good and they are God-given. But what becomes dangerous is when we cling to them and we put our trust in them and not in God. Good for you, Tessa. So do I. So do I. I'm with you on that. And I want to ask you you, you, where, where you are putting your security and your trust. As everything shakes around us, metaphorically, what are the things that you are clinging to? What are the things that you are trusting to shelter you from the storm? Where is your hope and where is your security? And I want to encourage you to be sure that the things in which you are trusting are trustworthy. And this writer to the Hebrews looks at this changing world, this shaking world, this trembling, falling apart world, and in the next chapter of his letter to the people, talks about the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Consider the outcome of God's people's way of life and imitate their faith, he says, for Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is our rock, and our security. It's by putting trust in Him that we are able to say that whatever circumstances come our way, God's love endures. God's faithfulness endures. He is a fortress and He is a shield. So that, whether we have everything or whether we have nothing, Whether you've got a big fancy car and a big fancy house, or you have to walk everywhere and you live in a box on the corner of the street, God remains faithful and true and sufficient for all of our needs. We are receiving, the writer says, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And therein lies the secret. The writer to the Hebrews points the people to whom he is writing not to the shaking world and saying look at how, how temporary it all is but to God who is permanent and everlasting, and enduring, and is giving us an enduring kingdom. And part of our problem, I would suggest to you, and maybe this is saying uh, more than I should about myself, part of our problem is that our vision and our view of God is too small. That we imagine that God is not able to help us. That we live in a a changing and a shaking world, and we're not really sure where to turn. We turn to God and we hope that He might do something, but we're not entirely sure of it. Maybe our picture of God needs to be refreshed and renewed and enlarged and to recognize that He is the enduring, eternal God of steadfast, faithful love. The God whose love and whose truth and whose goodness endure forever. In him, and in him alone, we put our trust. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And those words were spoken on the night when he was about to be betrayed and arrested and taken to the cross and put to death in the most appalling way. And yet his words to the disciples were words of peace. Because Jesus knew, knows and exemplified for us trust in God which goes beyond the changing and uncertain circumstances of our lives. And so as Silas grows up... Where is he? I thought you lost him already. <laughs> Phew. Phew. As Silas grows up, as the other children among us grow up, as we grow up, our job as parents, as godparents, and as a church is to enable him and each other to put our trust in the unchanging god in whom alone is security and hope and in whom alone we can have faith and trust I invite like you to reflect on that and if you want to know how you can know this God better and how you can grow in faith and in trust in him. And speak with myself or one of the other leaders of the service afterwards or somebody that you know to be a follower of Jesus. And we'll be more than happy to pray with you and to guide you.